Joining me on the phone right now, TJ from Brothers Osborne. You can find them online, brothersosborne.com. Pick up the new record, too. It's called Port St. Joe, following their first studio album. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, TJ, it's been uh, a couple months. Uh, 420 was when you guys released Port St. Joe. And if you if you have the time to reflect on it now, uh, from conception to construction to release to reception from the audiences, did it achieve what you wanted it to so far? Absolutely. I mean, I think every time you release music, you always have extremely high hopes. Uh, you know, I think you always, man, every single you release is going to be a massive smash and it's going to be double platinum. Uh, and so in that regard, you know, we're still we're still plucking away at those, uh, those, those high dreams and high hopes. But however, uh, we knew going in uh, releasing a record like this that we would uh, that it would be slow and uh, and honestly, it, we've had uh, a really great uh, reception uh, to it, especially with our our fan base. And and we kind of wanted to make a record that was that didn't uh, that didn't underestimate the intelligence of the listener. I really appreciate that as a fan of the band because I thought the record from start to finish was awesome. Like from the sound of the beach waves at the beginning to the last note, it's it's got a lot in it. And I feel like you guys were in your zone, but also experimented a little bit. Thank you. Yeah, we absolutely did. Yeah, we we just locked ourselves up in this uh, little little beach house for two weeks that was not meant for recording at all, and and uh, we were down there with our our touring band, and um, and we we didn't really have there was no expectation or pressure that we have to get this done. We just went in there and had fun, started recording, uh, and then it's really it's interesting to me that a lot of times in the within, within the music business how much you forget what the point of music is or what it's for. You know, we get caught up in what's cool or we get caught up in, uh, in, in all this really heady stuff. And sometimes, you know, uh, really, you know, I started playing music because I liked it because it was like a ther- it was a therapeutic for me. And, and, I, and it's the same thing I, um, by and large for our fans. And, and so we just didn't want to overthink it and get too caught up in, and uh, and the um, the whirlwind of, of what's right and wrong, and just have fun, just record music, and it's the same thing that we try to apply to our live shows. It's just let's not ever think it, just kind of just follow our hearts and and uh, and let the less you know uh, uh, lead the way. It's an interesting thought process because down in Nashville, you've got like nine to five writers where people just show up every day, they get together, they're writing. When sometimes the best yeah. music can be two a.m. around a bonfire, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I definitely, um, I write a lot during the day. Uh, and a lot of people treat it as almost it's a, a day job, but, um, and it's really funny to think of songwriting that way or creating any type of art that way. Um, and I do write a lot during the day, but you know, there's, uh, that was what was particularly special about recording down in Port St. Joe, Florida was, um, we just kind of shacked up. There was nowhere to go other than the beach house. There wasn't this kind of clock in clock out type mentality uh we just kind of stayed in it and we'd sometimes uh you know in fact the start of the record of port st joe um with the crashing of the waves and the and this guitar part that that my brother's playing um that was recorded at probably i mean probably midnight or one in the morning when he was just kind of noodling on guitar and the producer was like man that's cool let's record that and uh and so there wasn't there wasn't this kind of um uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? But there wasn't this kind of this is how it goes, and this is what everyone does. It was just felt there was just was no rules, and that's how it should be when you're creating anything. 
Talk to me about singles. Uh, specifically, is the band choosing them? Is it the label? Or or maybe you don't care about singles in today's music uh, world? Oh, I mean, we definitely care about singles. I mean, I think the thing is nowadays is that, you know, you have people that uh, there's streaming services, but there's also obviously uh, radio, terrestrial radio. And, and uh, you, you know, you're a fool to think it's only one or the other. And so really you got to, you got to work every avenue. I mean, there's so many ways for your music to be heard now. Uh, and, and for us, we want it to be heard everywhere. And so to say that we're not concerned with singles is would definitely be a line. I, I think, um, would be really doing anyone a disservice to, to say that they weren't concerned with that. So, you know, but at the same time, we want to make a record. So I think just kind of circling back to, I think we're probably the, the um, the origin of your question is, is probably you think about uh, a lot of people record music solely driven for singles and they don't really think about a concept of a record or an album, an album that you'd want to put on at a party, whether it be a rager or just, a, uh, or just sitting back in a, in a beach chair and play it from front to back and not have to play DJ all night long. And so that's what we wanted uh, in Fort St. Joe, was just something you could put on and listen all the way through. There are singles on the record, um, but at the same time, we weren't going to sacrifice making a body of work just so we can solely get our songs played on the radio, because then we'd be giving up uh, what our fans want. So um, it's just try to do it all. I mean, it's tough. I mean, the, 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 the hardest thing to do in music is people either want to go commercial or they want to go to the critical acclaim and they tend to ignore the other uh, when they do that. Uh, and John and I, not that we've always hit it on the mark. I mean, we, we, uh, you know, uh, but we strive to do both. I mean, the hardest thing to do is to be commercial, but still have critical acclaim. Uh, and there's been uh, many examples of that, but, but we strive to be one of those artists. And it's, uh, it's always a, it's a constant juggle for sure. But there's definitely been sacrifices made. Like as a fan, I would know that Stay a Little Longer, maybe your biggest single and uh, the, the latest one, Shoot Me Straight, like you guys are forced to take the guitars and the instrumental parts out of it uh, to make it radio friendly. And, and like I, I still feel like you even leave singles on the table, like American Crazy from Pawn Shop. That, that was a tune. I thought that could have been something, and, and it never came out. So I just kind of wondered about uh, what the band thought about it. Thank you. Yeah, you know, right around when that song we started playing it is when uh, uh, Trump became president, and I think it probably, at least for me, it resonated a little too close to home. Uh, you know, at one point it was, uh, uh, you know, you felt like, man, this is, uh, you know, American crazy, just almost like said in a prideful way. But then things did kind of feel a little crazy for us, so we kind of we kind of backed off from that song for a minute and even stopped playing it live for a while and just because it was, uh, things were a little, actually were a little crazy, but, um, you know, without, without digressing into that, you know, choosing these singles, it's always a, a tricky thing. Uh, you never know what to, what, it, what it's going to be that's going to resonate. Um, and so you, when it comes down to our live shows, it's the same thing. A lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll connect with the crowd and we'll kind of steer our way through it. But every once in a while we'll, we'll shout out to the crowd what they want to hear. And you never know. I mean, in fact, um, one of the, the last time we were uh, uh, up around that way, someone even shouted out requesting the song. Um, and you just, you, you know, or we go to the UK, for instance, and, and what they want to hear is totally different than what they want to hear in Canada. Uh, and, or if we're on the East Coast of the States, 
as a pair compared to the West Coast, it's uh, very different uh, all over the place. And that's what makes it so fun. It's just trying to figure it out, uh, you know, get in there and just and, and just kind of free fall through the experience together. I know you guys are not afraid to be political. I mean, look at your uh, Twitter feed for that. So I just that's that. But that makes a lot of sense when you talk about American crazy that way and how people understand it differently. Are there a lot of things like that in music? You've you've traveled many miles now. Do you see a lot of, like music fans love music, but there's got to be differences in each kind of locale, just like you described with the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of odd because, you know, to circle back to politics and, you know, that's funny because John and I get pegged as that all the time. But we, you know, we talk about this where we will do it on social media. We'll talk about it. I mean, we like to kind of do it in our videos. We never do it at a concert. And so when people get frustrated, if we ever say anything on Twitter, it's just like, hey, I'm not I'm not asking you to follow me. I'm not charging you to follow me. Uh, it's a total it's a free service. You can just check in and listen and and if you want to, if you don't like it, you can totally check out. You know, um, you know, at our, our live shows, we treat it differently. You know, we know people have paid money to be there, and a lot of times they paid money to be there with the um, intention of forgetting about the world, forgetting about the weight of everything. Even if, even if someone live says something I agree with, I just don't. It's not the place there. You know, I don't. That's not when I, when I want to hear it. But you know, so we get ourselves in some pickles from time to time, but, uh, you know, we're, we're certainly not afraid to be ourselves. We, we have a lot of fans out here that, that, uh, that, that don't agree with us, but like our music and we've heard from them and are, you may or may not agree with us politically. Um, but you know, that's just kind of the beauty of, of living in a country like ours and like yours and, and the UK, uh, and countries that we tour in heavily, uh, are, you know, is having that ability to, to speak your mind and be open, whether you agree or disagree with it. Um, I mean, that's one of the, the, one of the most incredible rights that we have that I think we often take for granted. Completely agree. And I don't want fans, uh, first time fans listening right now to, to, to think we're painting you with a super political brush. Cause for the most part, what I see on Twitter is you just, uh, it, it the idea of just treat everybody equally and be nice to each other, regardless of what you think. That's the thing. I mean, you know, we, uh, some people, you know, if you get, at least here, I don't know how it is up there right now, but down here, everything's very divisive. So it's all about picking sides. And, and John and I aren't about that. I mean, it's it, to me, uh, you know, it's not about party. It's just, it's about right or wrong. And every once in a while, when I see something that I think just is morally wrong or, um, or someone's taking advantage of the little guy, you know, I've been that guy my whole life. I've been, I'm from a small town. I grew up in a very humble upbringing and, uh, you know, I would even say, you know, verging on to uh, lower class, and and that's just what I'm used to. And so, um, you know, and I grew up, we grew up not popular, and we were, you know, we were always having to, to defend ourselves growing up. And um, and so now if I ever see anyone that uh, doesn't have a voice or doesn't have um, anyone in their corner, and I, and I think John and I will quickly... Uh, run to have someone's back if we think that they are uh, being treated unfairly, regardless of who it is. Just changing the topic a bit, but speaking of getting or having someone's back, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, uh, but it was nice to see you thanking the uh, crew of the Mountain High Tour as things get ready to wrap up this weekend. Oh, yeah. God, the, uh, it's been awesome out there. The, the, it's, it's, it's weird how these every tour goes this way. You start the tour off, and of course we knew Dirk's going into it, but you start the tour off and there's all these crew members and there's all these people that you don't know that well, uh, and you start 
you start off and you kind of start to get to know each other. And by the end of the tour, you become very close with everyone, uh, even the people that aren't on that are on other bands crew, whether it be Lanco or Dirks and their lighting guys and the, and their, their product stage managers. And, and then by, and then as soon as it seems like you get really, really tight, the tour is over. <laughs> that's how it goes. Every time it's the strangest experience. It flies by, but you know, I guess that's a good, a uh, good analogy really for just life in general, but it's uh, trying, trying to never take a single minute of it for, for, uh, for granted because it's really fun. And it's going to wrap up here in two weeks. The silver lining is, once the tour ends, uh, we're going to head straight up to Canada uh, uh, immediately uh, without even missing a, a breath and, and start touring through there, which is something we really look forward to for so long. It's been a, it's been a while. We've done a couple of dates up there, a couple of one-offs, as, as they call them, but we haven't done a proper tour through Canada in, in quite some time. So we're, we're genuinely very excited to get up there and see the fans. Some of the best fans in the world are up there, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Although I keep hearing from everyone that uh, – to bring to prepare for the cold because apparently the the winter is coming or it has, or it has came up there. Yeah, depending on where you are, like out west, like I'm I'm kind of central Canada. Out west, they're already buried in snow, but here we're sitting at like 19 Celsius. I don't know what that is Fahrenheit, but it's not cold, uh, but it's not warm either. <laughs> I don't either. I'm down here in a t-shirt. I'm in Nashville right now, and I'm like, things. Is, I'm like, oh lord, here we go. Yeah, no, it's inevitable. It's coming. Bring a jacket. Yeah. So, Rebel Toronto, November first. London Music Hall, November third. Uh, the venue sizes are growing since your last time in Canada. How have you grown in a, as a frontman? How have you guys grown as performers in general? What are, What are fans looking forward to see? Yeah, I think uh, you know. For me, I think it's just really become confident in our fans and who they are and who we are. And uh, and just having fun, you know. I you know I I grow a lot just like you, we were talking earlier about whether it's East Coast, West Coast, uh, and just kind of learning what different people want and not expecting the same thing out of every crowd. Um, uh, and and you know, I, and I, I've realized too that the the more I can connect with the audience, the more they can connect with me, and it just goes back and forth. And the more we feel like we're on the same page, the the the, the more fun it always is. And uh, you know, and just I walk out there every night. Um, with com- with com- complete humility and uh, and it's it's just amazing that we get to do what we do. Well, your fan club, the family is ready to see you. The casual fans are going to be lining up too. We're looking forward to it, man. I know I took way too much of your time today, uh, but uh, would we'd love to speak to you again sometime, maybe even closer to the show. Absolutely, hope we'll see you up there. Appreciate it, TJ. Brothers Osborne, we'll see them uh, Rebel Toronto November first and uh, November third at London Music Hall in London, Ontario. Thanks, man, and uh, good luck with the tour. Thank you. Looking forward to it. See you soon.